Folks, what is up as I'm getting text messages? Um, this is episode number 163, YWC Football Talk. Um, I've done this a few times. I'm here with Matt Datsu, Matt Beast. Um, you know who you already know what it is. Um, we've had to start a few episodes like this, and unfortunately, we have to start another one like this. Um, we here at the YWC Football Talk family want to send our best out to the family of Dwayne Haskins, who tragically passed away at a car a car accident on Saturday morning. So to Dwayne, uh, just hoping the best for your family at this time. Uh, we know it's probably pretty difficult. Hell of a career ahead of him, and he, his life got cut short at the age of 24. Yeah, it's tragic stuff, man. You hate to see that stuff happen, and thoughts go out to all his family and friends. Exactly, exactly. And I know a lot of people were like, the one thing I, you know how everyone was kind of going after like Adam Schefter and Gil Brandt for all the stuff they said? I yeah. feel like, why do we have to focus? That's the thing I don't like about this world right now is that everyone wants to focus on the negatives when, like, obviously, look, how Dwayne lost his life, very tragic. But you know what I mean? Like, why does everyone have to focus on Schefter instead of, like, celebrate Haskins' life for what it was? Instead of just looking at Schefter basically being like, oh, yes, he had a poorly worded tweet. And, yes, I'm not condoning it or what Gil Brandt yeah. said. But do you, do you get what I mean? Yeah, I, do. I definitely do. I mean, it's it's a whole conundrum. Um, it's uh, rough, rough sledding out there, no matter what stance you have on it, unfortunately. But, uh, I mean, yes, it was per- poorly worded. And, yes, he did come back and apologize at some point. But, I mean, it is what it is. You, um, it's better to just kind of get past that and just, uh, like you said, celebrate the life. Exactly. Exactly. That's all, that's all you can do. Um, we just want to address that quickly before we went and go went on with the rest of the show here today. Um, this episode is going to be pre-entitled Simba. So if you're wondering what that is, it's a nickname that he was given as a kid just for his big hair. It was like a lion mane. So if you're wondering why that's the title of the uh, podcast, it's just the least we can do here at YWC Football Talk to pay tribute. Um, just shifting gears here now for your team, obviously. Look, the Florida League, we're going to talk about them. We're going to talk about the trade. Um, but I think you've – I've told you this in the past before how my dad is a Saints fan too. Yeah. Um, I asked him before I came on, I said, Hey, I'm chatting with my buddy who's a big Saints fan. Um, and I said, What do you I, I listen to a bunch of positions of draft needs? Like, what's the biggest draft need for the Saints? Mm-hmm. And he said wide receiver. I just wanted to yeah. see where you went because I came up with a few positions. I said wide receiver, I said safety, just because obviously it's Malcolm Jenkins and me not mm-hmm. trusting Daniel Sorensen, and then also tackle after Teron Armstead. So with that yeah. being said, Matt, I just wanted to ask you before we talk about the trade itself. What do you think the biggest draft need is that the Saints should be looking at in two weeks? Um, you pretty much listed the biggest ones. I mean, obviously, offensive tackle after um, Teron Armstead leave left for Miami. That was a huge one. He was kind of waiting to see if Deshaun Watts was actually going to come to the Saints. And I think he would have signed back. I would have loved to see the cap shenanigans Mickey Loomis did to pull that off. But, um, yeah, in, in the end, he left, and we're going to have to definitely plug that hole. They have James Hurst there that could plug in and play and be a solid guy there, I guess, but just not the type of guy you want. And, I mean, left tackle, that is – I mean, James Hurst should be fine. I don't want to reword that. But he's not going to be, like, top-tier caliber type left tackle play. Um, so that's definitely a position of need, I would say. That's definitely one of them, like you said, Um Honestly, probably the position I want to see filled the most. Um, and wide receiver is also a big one. Last season, we saw what the Saints offense was without Michael Thomas. We saw how their wide receivers just did not up to par. Definitely need at least one wide receiver in this class. Um, going into it, uh, going into the offseason, I was saying tight end was a big thing, but it looks like they're going to be making Taysom Hill the tight end. So that could turn out to pan out well. So I do not see them addressing tight end. And then, um, like you said, safety is a big one. Um, We had departures of both of our starting safeties. Marcus Williams went to the Ravens, got his big safety contract. Honestly, thought he was going to get paid a little bit more, but it didn't turn out that way. And then, um, obviously, Malcolm Jenkins retiring. Hell of a career for him. Um, We did sign Marcus May, but he has a suspension looming. Um, and he's coming off an injury. Um, I think he's going to do fine, And but I think the Saints should address the safety need. And Tyron Matthews has been out there rumored, but uh, I don't know if that's going to happen. doesn't seem like there's too many sparks flying there. Um, and then, of course, the big elephant in the room, quarterback, um, that's a whole other thing. Um, I think that could be something that could be addressed here. But 
my number one needs would be offensive tackle, wide receiver, and then safety and quarterback would be kind of right there. I'm I'm the same way. Like I think safety just because of how critical the position is. I'd like you guys upping PJ Williams because it was kind of one of those um options, you know, where you just had to resign the guy, but at the same time to it yeah. gives you depth there. That man's been living on one-year deals forever since his rookie contract. One-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. It seems like he can never get that multiple-year deal. And, I mean, he makes plays when he's out there. He doesn't get a whole lot of play, but, I mean, he's a versatile guy. Um, he can play safety. He can play cornerback. Um, not not one of your – just a really good positional role-player type Utility. guy. Utility. Yeah, a very good utility player. I mean, he had the pick six on Tom Brady in the Superdome. Great moment. I was there. <laughs> oh, man, I'm always going to get hype on that one. So shout out P.J. Williams. Happy to have him back. Yeah, and then even to, like, I like the d- defensive line. I'm looking – I'm kind of hoping that the guy like David Onyemata has a bounce back here because I feel like 2021 yeah. kind of wasn't his jam. Uh, I, I like I Because I, I looked at, my, at the thing with my dad at the offensive line before we recorded, and – Probably, uh, what was the guy's name? I was just blanking on who's going to be center because you have Pete and Ruiz a guard, which I feel like is a pretty solid. McCoy's the center. McCoy is the center. There's some, oh, James Hurst as well, I feel like would be the backup for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to have Ramchak, obviously, that's your franchise right tackle, I believe. Yes. Who was the left. So you're going to have a healthy Ramchak mm-hmm. back there. Um, and then also, and then there's Thorakma and there's anyone else. But I feel like... Oh, you could get someone who can either play guard or tackle on day two or day three. And yeah. Same thing with tight end. I feel like tight end's a position where you know what you convert convert Taysom, but you know what? If there's a guy day two or day three, like a Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State, mm-hmm. take a stab at him. And then I think I think in this draft, from what I'm hearing, and I, I need to do more research on the offensive lineman myself. I've mainly been looking in the tackle position. Um. Offensive guard would be kind of a sneaky kind of need just because of Cesar Ruiz. His play has not been up to par. Um, but as far as the tackles, it seems like there's some really top-tier tackles in the first round. And after you get to a point where you're around the Charles Cross, Trevor Penning area, there's there's a pretty big drop-off. Um, yeah. Not going to lie, especially at the tackle position. So I, I would like to see them address that with their first pick, honestly which people are starting to undervalue Charles Cross, where there's a lot of NFL inner circles from what I've been hearing saying that Charles Cross is going to drop and go like towards where the Saints are picking, which mm-hmm. I'm not trying to rain on your parade, but Charles Cross is not making it out of the top. He's not going to be past the top 10. He's going to go in the top 10 pick. Someone, I think it's just a strategy that GMs and executives yeah. do because they're like, oh yeah, you know what, that guy's, we don't care about him. But in reality, he's number one on your draft board. He's the guy that you're, quietly circling like look at Patrick Mahomes how no I'm saying that he's a bit of an outlier but you know how there was the reports uh or where the Chiefs obviously moved up and got him but there was that report that came out that said if the Chiefs hadn't moved up that would have been Mahomes in black and gold so I'm yeah, just saying there's there's all there's it's a cat and mouse game with a lot of these uh a lot of these executives at this time of the year everyone's really tight-lipped and they staying to the staying to their book yeah definitely for sure and I mean another big thing that uh has been the talk of some saints podcasts that I listen to. Um, they like to bring up the RAS score relative athletic score. And that's a big yeah. thing that all these NFL teams are going, are kind of going by. And it's not necessarily saying that the guy that does the RAS score system is like the say so on it, but most of these teams have something similar that they go based off of. And if you, if you look back in the past couple first rounds, it's hard to find one where a guy below a certain grade point is getting taken. So there's a, there's a certain cutoff, especially in the first and second rounds, yeah. where you have to be at a certain number unless you're probably a quarterback. Like a quarterback could probably have a lower grade because that's one of the lowest grades that the Saints have drafted in a while, Ian Book, and he was like a seven-something. But uh, like Trevor Penning, I think he's the one to pencil in, I would say, at 16. That's why I think the Saints went and got that pick, so that way they could jump ahead of the Chargers, who could definitely need a tackle. Um, And his RAS score is like a 9.96. So that's definitely the guy who I have circled as the Saints could probably pick if they don't package up both the picks and move up for a quarterback, which I really don't want to happen. I still don't know how I feel about them trading their first next year, but we'll just have to see how that goes. Yeah, like I feel like this year the Saints are kind of taking it as obviously. Look, 
we'll talk about the Buccaneers situation in a little bit, but with the mm-hmm. Saints, I feel like they saw an opportunity to move up and gain significant assets now in a draft where I've said this numerous times in this podcast. You probably heard me say this. This is a draft you're getting to plug in those holes that you need. You're not going yeah. out there and just drafting someone because you like him. Some GMs are going to do that and it's going to cost them. And we're going to see in September who those teams are. But for now, you know, Mickey Loomis has to look at this draft and say, okay, look, we need a left tackle. Let's go out and get a Trevor Penning. Um, there's also the German guy. He's German or Austrian. Bernard Reinald from uh, Central yeah. Michigan as well. I really like him. Um, and then also a Zion Johnson. But those are guys more back half of the first round. Because mm-hmm. um, I also say this too, because this quarterback class, there's not a guy that's worth going in the top 10. Now, with that being said, I wouldn't be shocked if Carolina picks someone at number they're five or six. I think it's six. six. Yeah, number six. I'm not going to be shocked if Carolina does that. Um, But with the Saints this year, and also, too, for anyone out there saying that the Saints moved up to get a quarterback, I'm here as an outsider to tell you that's the wrong answer. They're not doing it. I don't think you sign Andy Dalton. And then also, too, you're trying to develop Ian Book. I feel like, you know what, if Ian Book year two in practice development doesn't really pan out, that's when you can look at next year getting a quarterback. Because guess what? The quarterbacks are coming out next year are a hell of a lot better. Now the Saints probably won't be in a position to draft one of those guys, you know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, etc. Well, you see, that's the thing. <laughs> the Saints gave away their first next year, and granted, yeah, exactly. they could pull some shenanigans to get another first, but that's why I was kind of apprehensive about it because I said, man, I don't know, because this offseason so far, the Saints honestly have gotten worse, in my opinion, um, just because there haven't been a lot of moves made. Of course, they got Marcus May, and then they lost guys, Tron Armstead, Marcus Williams, Malcolm Jenkins. They've just been losing guys on the defense and the offense side of the ball a little bit. Um, but maybe the offense could be more healthier this year, Michael Thomas included. Alvin Kamara has his thing going on, which running back could be a sneaky late-round need that the Saints could need um, to help replace that, depending on what happens with his situation. Take a flyer, take a flyer on a dude. Like that's, yeah, that's, yeah definitely. Look- because sorry to cut you off, but like we've learned in the past, look, you don't go out and draft a running back early. Sometimes it yeah. works out, but a lot of the times lately it hasn't. Like Ezekiel Elliott, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, guys were taken in the top 10, haven't really worked out. Look at all the guys that are the studs and the workhorses. They're second, third round picks. Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Alvin Kamara, I'm pretty sure was a third round pick. Yeah. Um, which when I saw him, I don't know why, but I said for some reason, I, I, I didn't, because I, I wasn't too, too much into college in 2016, but I was like, I had a feeling that guy was going to be good coming out. Even to Dalvin Cook was a, was a day two pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, shout out New England. Um, Damian Harris, those guys. So that's when you get your running back. So you know what? Take a flyer on a guy on, on Saturday. If there's a guy out there that you know what, hey, sitting around that you like, take him. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. Because that's the thing with these draft picks. They're all lottery tickets. Mm-hmm. But every single GM in the world knows, and every fan knows, you do not win the draft just because you get a great first round pick. You win the draft because you draft well on Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's where I kind of see the Saints having a different kind of MO going into the draft because normally when Sean Payton was around, they'd have their coaches meeting and Sean Payton would say, hey, we like th- we need this position, this position, this position. And they'd go out and sign someone at each of those positions in free agency first because they're trying not to have to be forced to draft someone. Yeah. In this draft, it seems like the Saints are kind of forced into that because, um, for one, Mickey Loomis said in the meetings that they kind of want to get the cap situation under control. And I know all of Twitter and cap Twitter like to talk about the Saints and how they manage the cap. They kick the can down the road, kick the can down the road. But, I mean, the cap just keeps going up. And they've just found a way to get around it. And, I mean, the Rams get flack for trading all their draft picks. And look at them. They went and won a Super Bowl. Um, different teams do different methods and more teams might lean to what the Rams are doing um, just because it worked. Um, not, not necessarily what the Saints did didn't necessarily work. I mean, they were one of the more successful regular season teams for the past, I don't know, five, six, seven years. Um, after all their seven and nine seasons got out and they had that miraculous 2017 draft, they've been one of the best regular season teams in the league. Um so to me, it's kind of worked out. But now they're in this position where, let's say, they are able to draft a quarterback in this draft and he's going to be the guy. And they, they draft a quarterback and a left tackle. Those are two positions that are highly paid. 
um, that you're going to have on the cheap. So if they can get the cap situation under control and they have those two guys looking at year two, year three, they can go out and spend money and go and compete again. So it, it's it's definitely something to look at um, with the cap situation and how the Saints are going to be managing it. But uh, I hate how they're kind of backed into having to draft these positions, especially like left tackle. Um, wide receiver isn't maybe such – I mean, it's a huge need, don't get me wrong. Um, but having to draft a second wide receiver, having to probably get a safety in the draft because I don't know how the Tyron Matthews situation is going to work out. But, yeah, it's definitely not a fun position to be in. I think Tyron Matthews is a guy as well, though, that's going to probably wait at this point until after the yeah. draft to see what teams exactly draft because he's not going to go sign with a team and then two weeks later, hey, they signed someone that could probably replace him and he's cut in a year or two. So I think he's going to wait until – that's going to be a May, you know, June when – this stuff, the season really gets quiet. There's those like, I know we say dog days of summer for baseball, but with that's really the dog days of summer, you know, because like after the draft, schedule's out. And then after the schedule comes out, yes, we follow along with OTAs and mini camps, rookie mini camp, et cetera. But mm -hmm. th that's the time of year where if you're in the news, it's usually for the bad reasons. Like the, yeah. uh, you know, you do something bad or you get hurt. You get hurt or even the Jamal Adams stuff, which, literally was your first ever podcast appearance almost two years ago if you remember that when yeah. he, he got traded out of new york which danny i know you're gonna be listening to this you're supposed to be on with us tonight but you went to the play-in game in brooklyn um <laughs> true story um but with that i remember he'll always say look and i always say this that is the one of the best trades that the new york jets have ever done on oh, side yeah. but um but with the Saints, so because i was saying we're talking about the Bucs now we could get into the box i haven't really touched on it that much i did a little bit in the last episode I still want to crown them the winners of the NFC South just because of Tom. I know Todd – I'm not really a Todd Bowles guy. He's going to have to prove it to me. But it's just – I'm sorry, Matt, but it's just the Tom Brady factor. But with that being said, look, the Saints, I think just because of – there's no other teams in the NFC where you look at them and you're really like, oh, my God, they got so much better to where the Saints are probably going to be a wild card team this year. Yeah, I mean, that's the one saving grace of the Saints not having this amazing offseason. I mean – I think the Saints got worse, and they could still probably be in the same position that they were, kind of knocking on the door of the playoffs, right there at that possible like a nine and eight or ten birth. and seven. Yeah, exactly. Just right there at that um, cusp. And I mean, if the offense can be better and the defense can be marginally worse, not worse by a whole lot, but just a little bit worse because of the safety issues. Um, we could be staring at the playoffs um, and, and it just depends on how everything goes. And I mean, we had a little bit of injury um, disluck, I guess you could say um, not, not too much luck with the injuries last season on the offensive side of the ball. And hopefully it doesn't plague the defensive side of the ball this time around. But I mean, I, I would tend to agree with you with the Buccaneers. Um, they definitely look like the favorites to win the South. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really thinking Car uh, Carolina is going to be trying to compete this year because Matt Rule probably wants to save his job. Crazy that he is the most tenured coach in the NFC South now. That's crazy. I'm going to say something. I am not drinking that fucking Kool-Aid again this year. I know on the <laughs> NFC preview show last year, Jared and I were saying they're a dark horse team. I am not drinking that Kool-Aid. They were a very misleading 3-0 team to start last season. Oh, yeah, and I mean, just go back and look at those games. I mean, who did they beat? I know they beat the Jets off the top of my head. You guys. But, um, they beat us on a week where we had all you of had our coaches. COVID, right? Yeah, all of our coaches were out with COVID except for, like, a couple coaches. So and then that was the Texans. And the Texans. So just look at those three games right there, and I could tell um, right there. And they, they thought that they were going for it, too, because they were making moves to pick up these players to try and – further their gains but and then it didn't work out for them but and i mean the they falcons also, sorry to cut you off but they also had that one game the week later against dallas where they didn't win but they held tough with the dallas cowboys and i'm like all right cool like they have something and then they just fell off the face of this earth yeah for sure and i mean it was all downhill from there and then as far as the falcons go i think they're going to be tanking for either um Bryce Young. Well, Bryce Young or C.J. Shroud, one of the two quarterbacks. They're going to be tanking for one of them um, at the end of the day. I think. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback in this draft, and I think they're just going to throw in the towel this year and just tank down. That's what's probably going to end up happening. But, yeah, so 
it, it looks like the Buccaneers for the taking the Saints will put up a fight, but um, it, it's looking that way, especially with the weak NFC. Yeah, exactly. Because I look at the NFC as a whole, like I only see Green Bay and Minnesota from the North competing. The East, Dallas, maybe Philly. That's four. Mm-hmm. You in the box at six. And then the Rams and the Cardinals are the only sure things. Just because with San Francisco, we don't know what the situation is. We don't know if it's going to be Jimmy G, if it's going to be Trey Lance, which if it is Trey Lance, if it's not Trey Lance, excuse me, I don't know what San Francisco was doing then trading all that draft capital away to go and get Trey Lance when you're not even going to think about starting him. Because I think if anything, look, I know Jimmy G gets razzed on a lot, but he led them to the NFC Championship game this year. Yeah, I mean, he's this close to a Super Bowl. He's a consistent guy, and that's a guy that was that could still get traded at some point by one of these teams that still could use a quarterback. And I mean, the Saints might be in one of those topics if they don't draft a quarterback, which I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of uh, Jimmy G, I think. And and I mean, granted, he's he's done fine. Um, I think he's been more of a product of the system around him. Where if I think he came into our system, I don't think it would work as well. I mean, Debo Samuel had an amazing year last year. Um, Kittle's a great tight end, of course. Um, the running game there is just great. And I, I don't think it would work out. So I'm kind of scared for Jimmy G and his career after he leaves San Francisco, unless he just goes to another very advantageous situation. But, Yeah. You know what's going to be, Jimmy G? Do you remember in 2016 when Teddy Bridgewater had that horrible leg injury and then the Eagles gave up a lot, had to give the Vikings a lot to get, or the Vikings gave up a lot to get Sam Bradford in return? Mm-hmm. I think that's what's going to be the Jimmy G. Baker Mayfield situation where a team is like desperate for a quarterback. Someone, yeah. unfortunately, we don't wish for injuries here, but I'm just saying it, it's, it's the nature of the game. It's the nature of the business. Someone's yeah. going to get hurt and they're going to trade for him. They're going to overpay because they're desperate for a quarterback. That's what's going to happen with Jimmy G, and that's what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield, in my opinion. It definitely could happen. That's probably the way I could see it playing out if it doesn't be the way I've picked out and a team doesn't take a quarterback and decide they need to go and trade for one, which I don't think they would at this point, honestly. Exactly. It'll be like a, like a July or August kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it be an injury in training camp or something. Exactly. And I uh, just want to take a quick moment to shout out the pre- presenting sponsor of this podcast, uh, BetStamp. BetStamp is the official sponsor of YWC Football Talk. Folks, for all the best betting shopping needs, and for those of you who are in Ontario, Canada, for iGaming and all the states in the United States where betting is legalized, download BetStamp today. Promo code GRIFFB, link in bio. BetStamp, the best odds. Shop at BetStamp. Um, one division I want to talk about in particular is the AFC West. Obviously, look, we're outsiders to this. Yeah. But I know it's a loaded division, and I know there's been a lot of overchanges. Look, you have get one new quarterback. You have a bunch of new weapons coming in for all the teams. But I want to ask you the question, though. Out of You know how all four teams have a lot of hype around them? Yeah. Which team do you think has the most on them to be disappointing in 2022 out of those four teams? Huh. Well, or disappointment. I know, I know a lot of people are going to be on the Chargers this year, and they're probably the favorite. So they're definitely going to be the ones that could be the biggest um, seat for disappointment if they turn out bad. Um, but I'd probably point my finger at the Kansas City Chiefs just because. I mean, look, if something happens to Travis Kelsey and he gets hurt, hurt, he's getting older these days. I mean we're really going to see if Patrick Mahomes can just make all these other weapons, other guys look good. And I mean, can he, I highly believe he could, but there, it's just not going to be at the level of what it is. If Travis Kelsey somehow gets hurt, like if he gets hurt, their offense is going to suffer a huge, huge loss because they just lost Tyreek Hill, huge loss there. That's going to hurt a lot. Um, I am interested to see, I mean, when they had the whole thing going on with Tyreek Hill, they went and got Miko Hardman in the draft. Is Miko Hardman just going to pick up where Tyreek Hill left off? I don't know if it'll be quite to that production degree. It'll probably be some kind of a maybe, I'd probably say maybe like a 65, 70% of what it was. If that, like if he can produce those numbers, 65, 75% of what Tyreek Hill was, that'd be great, 
honestly, for the Chiefs. Um, so that'd probably be best case scenario for them. But I'd probably say put it on the Chiefs because, and I mean, either way, honestly, any of these teams could disappoint. I think the Raiders would probably be the more consistent team, um, especially now that they got Devontae Adams, man. That was a huge get, huge get for them. Devontae Adams on that offense is just going to propel them a little bit more. And I, I could see them being like a 10-11 win team making the playoffs again. So, I mean, it's going to be a hard way all around, um, all these teams are. But I'd probably label the Chiefs as the most likely team to disappoint because, I mean, that Chargers team is loaded. Granted, we've seen loaded teams fail in the past, but I don't know. I, I feel good about the Chargers. When I, say I could fail, be regretting that. When I say fail, I mean, like, you probably not make the playoffs because, in reality, all four teams are not going to be making the playoffs, especially yeah. considering, too, the East has three teams that can make it. The South has two, and the North has maybe three. Maybe three. I'm 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 only saying that because we don't know the full suspension situation with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah. Because and also too, if because if you say if he gets six games and they go three and three and he comes back and they he can easily get them to 10, 11 wins. Um, but mine is the Raiders just because of the quarterback play. We don't know Derek what because let's be honest, Derek, as I saw this recently, where look, Derek Carr has not been the same since he had that broken leg in 2016. Remember, he, he would have won MVP that year. Yeah, I mean he was definitely up there. And then that's my thing with him, though. He's just so inconsistent to where he can have one week where he's great. It's like the same thing for fantasy too with Darren Waller. I know. Darren Waller owner, my fiance's complained about this in the past. She's like, <laughs> she was ready to drop Darren Waller at one point, and I'm like, no, 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 don't even think about doing that. Mm-hmm. Next week, boom, he drops 30. But then the week after, he can have like a 10-point week. Now I know fantasy is different. No, you know what? I'm not even going to say it. Fantasy football literally translates to what happens on the field. Because at the end of the day, all us football junkies are fantasy football junkies. I have not met a football junkie that is not a fantasy football junkie. You make two correlations. Um, my big thing with the Raiders is just – Will the Adams car connection be like? I understand that they were in college and everything, but I feel like the Burrow and chasing is kind of creating, you know, that false narrative where it's like just because they played together in college means it's going to translate. And also, too, the last time they played in college, Matt, it was 2013. Mm-hmm. I was a 19 year old kid who could barely grow this, and we were both in school and stuff, and we were we we're still kids. Now we're more adults in our late 20s. Um, yep. so that's my big thing too, is how's that connection going to work? Um, and defensively, I like Chandler Jones. Um, Max Crosby is another piece where I'm interested to see how he goes, but they also got rid of Yannick Ngakwe, but they mm-hmm. acquired Rocky scene. So we'll see. Um, I, I hate doing the what if, and I was also considering the situation too, but imagine if you had this Raiders team with Devonte Adams and you had Henry Ruggs on the other side of the ball. Now I know, obviously it's a very tragic and touchy subject, but it's just something to think about. It's like how sometimes I think about how would have Aaron Hernandez's career gone if he hadn't killed Owen Lloyd. It's the same thing with Henry Ruggs. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a big what-if situation. Um, we're in multi-south where the Henry Ruggs never did what he did, and they had this crazy offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely something to watch out for. But I, I really do think the Raiders are going to be fine. I know Derek Carr gets a lot of slack, and I know he isn't the most, like, flashy quarterback out there but i mean he's gonna he's gonna go out there and he's gonna you you know what you're gonna get and giving him another weapon and making this offense even that much better surrounding yourself with all that talent on offense it's gonna be it's gonna help him out a lot so i'm expecting the raiders to make some moves um but like like you were saying that the afc is so stacked at this point it's like all these players are just going over to the AFC. I don't know why. I don't know why I think it's a great idea. Um, I I don't know. But it, they're just making it harder on themselves at the end of the day. But it's going to be a dogfight to make the playoffs in that whole thing. Because, I mean, even you're saying it. I mean, like, you look at a team like the Ravens who missed the playoffs last year. Their injury luck was god-awful last year. Horrible. It, even it, it, to Lamar had them in a playoff contention spot up until he got hurt late in uh right around just around thanksgiving yeah and i mean they were they had won what what was their record seven games i think they won last year off the top of my head maybe more they, they were six and two at one point 
I want to say they eight. finished nine. nine. I think they finished nine and eight or nine and not eight and nine or nine and eight. I'm gonna eight and nine. Eight, yeah, and, eight nine and nine. So the fact that they had that horrible injury luck and somehow managed to find a way to you know win that they still managed to go eight and nine considering look you lost jk dobbins you lost Scott edwards you lost marcus peters um who also went out i think Derek wolf went out for the year marlon humphrey who mm-hmm. that was like the final nail in the coffin for me um they still have mark andrews my i really like the marcus williams signing for them sorry to mention it no yeah it's fine my big thing for them is though is can hollywood brown be that wide receiver one for them yeah that's my big question that's my big, big question with the Baltimore Ravens this coming season. Because if Hollywood Brown can't be your number one, you got to go out there and make a move and get someone. you got to go out there. I know Lamar. And that's the thing, too. You have to make Lamar more of that pocket quarterback. You can't have him always rely on his legs to get plays done. You need him to be like what Josh Allen is in Buffalo. Yeah, and I mean, if he can make that Josh Allen-type leap, which I don't know if he's going to make because, man, that Josh Allen leap is crazy. And I mean, Lamar – He's good for what he is. He's a good running quarterback. His throwing ability isn't really the greatest out there, but, I mean, he can do a little bit of both where he's a top-flight quarterback in the league. And, I mean, I think the Ravens are going to make some noise, especially now that the Steelers, they have they kind of have a question mark on them. I mean, they did make the playoffs dragging the corpse of Big Ben into the playoffs. So, they could still be players. Um, it's definitely going to be something to watch out for. The AFC is going to be a dogfight. I want to say something about the Steelers, and this may be a hot take. Mm-hmm. But if the corpse of Ben can get them in there, if they can get average to, you know, middle-tier quarterback play out of Trubisky, who's to say they can't make the playoffs? I'm not, I'm not even make it, but be in that, like, you know, you're in that Steve Kornacki Sunday night football, you know, where they really abuse the presidency race to the now the NFL in the hunt graphics. Yeah. Who's to say they're not in that position come Christmas time? Because if you're in that position come Christmas time, your team and organization's happy. You you don't want to be that team that's out of it by Thanksgiving, which we already know there's going to be those handful of teams that are. There's still mm-hmm. a few teams, in my opinion, that are years away or who are just stagnant and know they're, hey, look, we're going to be bad for a few years, like the Houston Texans. Um, but with Pittsburgh, they, they can be a 500-level football club, in my opinion. I think yeah. they can be – Anywhere from six and eleven to nine and eight, I think that's their that's their range. It's me more or less with the division. It's like Cleveland questions and can Cincinnati replicate what they did? Now, obviously, they beefed up their offensive line with Ted mm-hmm. Karras, Lyle Collins, Alex Capper from the Buccaneers. Which I know the Bucks got Shaq Mason, but losing both your guards is they 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 got to figure something out with there, and then. The South, I don't know what Tannehill we're going to get, but I like Matty Ice in – I think we're going to see the Matty Ice that was competitive in the mid-2010s with the Indianapolis Colts if he can play right with our boy, you know, our our, (laughs) – the podcast favorite wide receiver, Michael Pittman Jr. Um, You get him, you get Jonathan Taylor, and you get that healthy offensive line, even though they did lose Mark Lonkowski to the Giants. The Colts can be a player – the biggest question mark. Oh, but, but before we get into all this, which team do you think has the most pressure to win in the AFC this year? Out of the whole AFC, the most pressure yeah. to win. Hmm. I'd probably put the most. Already. Yeah, I'd probably put the most pressure on the Chargers to make the playoffs, not necessarily win the whole conference. Because, like, if the Chargers don't even make the playoffs this year, that's going to look rough on them. Because yeah. I mean, they've they've always been this media favorite. And honestly, I'm kind of drinking the Kool-Aid this year where I'm thinking they're going to make it. I like Justin Herbert. I like Keenan Allen. I like Mike Williams. I like the whole offense. And Austin like, Eckler. Yeah, Austin Eckler. I love the moves they made on the defense. Um, but if they don't make the, the playoffs, man, that's just going to look bad on them. So they have a lot of pressure to perform and to make the playoffs this year. So those that'd be probably my, my person or my team I would put under there. I agree with you there, but I think most pressure to win the conference as a whole is the Buffalo Bills because the Buffalo Bills are – I know Kansas City won their Super Bowl, but the Bills are basically a year behind of what the Kansas City Chiefs were this past season where you're on Allen's last year's rookie deal. Next year, look, I know they brought in Von Miller. 
They gave Diggs that contract. They Ryan Bates visited New England, signed an offer sheet with Chicago, and they matched it. Um, and they did other moves that the fans are really happy about. But Jordan Poyer's due to get paid, and he's going to get paid. Guess mm-hmm. who we just signed with? Guess who's, do you know who his new agent is? No, I do not. Drew Rosenhaus. Mm. What does Rosenhaus do? Gets his guys that money. Drew Rosenhaus is just like cakes in the money. money. Um, So that's my big thing with the Bills this year is that, look, you got to get to a Super Bowl. I think anything but a Super Bowl appearance is a failed season for them because there's going to be those tough, tough moves next year where – also, look, Dawson Knox is due for – I think – I'm going to look this one up with Knox quickly. Speaking of agents, I just want to shout out Deshaun Watson's agent because oh my god the the whole thing they did this offseason with him oh my god he made so much money I guarantee it because Jesus Christ uh, by the way Dawson Knox is going into his fourth year so someone's going to be he's drafted in 2019 so Dawson Knox is going to be expected to get paid um, yeah the Deshaun Watson contract that was just I don't give his agent any bad. I more or less I, – I just look at the Cleveland Browns as an organization and just say the whole, how do you do this? I don't know if you listen to it, but I had Andy McNamara for sports on who's a diehard Browns fan up here with me, and we talked about it. I want to get a female Cleveland Browns fan on this podcast to talk to them mm-hmm. just to get their perspective of things because you know how it's – it's like that's the one thing I've noticed when you open your eyes more as an NFL fan. You get – the, you, I obviously I can't give the female perspective, but you yeah. see it, you see it a lot. And I've had a, I've had a couple of girls on here. I've had a couple of women come on here a couple of times, uh, get, namely mentioned Gabby Hurl, but and just to talk to get the, you know their perspective to see how they feel because more than being a fan, it's more what the man did than anything else. And yeah, and I still mean, going on. I mean, that's a huge thing because that was a big thing with the Saints when they're when they're going for him. I mean. You had some division in the fan base that was like, oh, man, I'm so mad that we're even chasing after this guy. I don't want it to happen. All that kind of stuff. And deservedly so. Um, whenever, the angel devil on your shoulders? Yeah. Whenever anyone asked me about it, I said, if they're, if they're mad about it, they have a reason to be mad about it. And if they don't want to support the team anymore, I don't blame them. Because, I mean, if, that, if that's how they feel about it, that's how they're going to feel, and that's perfectly logical. And I would not blame a Cleveland Browns fan if they said, "You know what? I'm I'm done." Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a roller coaster just being a team involved in that whole process. Yeah, exactly. But I just found it so weird how it went from like, "Oh yeah, like this happened to wait, what this happened?" Like it was like we thought like as soon as Atlanta was out, I was like, "Okay." And then Cleveland was in it, but then Carolina was in it, but you guys were in it. Then he apparently told Cleveland no, but then Cleveland just like would not stop being aggressive. So it paid off. But my other big thing with that too was I kind of wonder how much of the fact that the majority owner of the Saints being a woman probably was a big factor and maybe not fully pushing for it. Do you, do you think they may have to, anything to play with it or? You know, I don't think it did, honestly. I think they were all they were all in, I think, is because I mean they had the initial meeting in Houston and then um Mickey Loomis and everyone or Mickey Loomis, I think, actually flew to Atlanta to go meet him again. And they were like all in. They were making moves to clear the cap. They're doing everything they could to go get him. And I'm sure they had an aggressive trade offer that was probably comparable to what the Browns are offering. The only big thing was the fact that Deshaun Watson got that new contract with that fully guaranteed contract. That still blows my mind, the money he got on that contract um, coming off of all this stuff. It's just insane, and that's that's what it came down to, and the Saints probably just didn't want to do that, and that's, in the end, what it came down to. Is which, the money. Which, which is fair, because that's at the end of the day. It's all about money. It's all about looking out for yourself, and – but the same thing, too, he just chose what situation was best financially for me than maybe football situation. Now we'll see what happens. Because, look, they got Amari Cooper. They have yeah. David Njoku. Um, and Everson Higgins, Nick Chubb. They, 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 got, they, got, they got it pretty good there then defensively, offensively. One other NFC, AFC West team we didn't talk about, but I didn't say any pressure for them. But don't be shocked if I think they get off to a bit of a rough start is the Denver Broncos just because yeah. you know how it's a new system. 
But I'm not worried about Denver. Now, I'm not going to hear saying they're going to win the Super Bowl, which y'all know me. I was against Vic Fangio. I was against Drew Locke. Big Rat knows this more than anyone because I feel like him and I talk about it. But with the Broncos, quickly, I just want to mention this. There's, I'm not saying this is like Tampa, but it's pretty damn similar. Do you know where it's like you have a mediocre team that literally just needed a quarterback? That is what the Denver Broncos needed. It's what they got. So we'll see what happens with them. But I didn't mention them for that reasons. And then I just want to give my spiel with Kansas City. I think this year's truly going to prove how great Patrick Mahomes is. Because if he doesn't make it to the AFC Championship game, I think everyone's going to be kind of skittish on him. But if they still make it as a wild card team, it's it's still good. But like I think this year's a true, a truly a prove-it year to see, look, they gave you a boatload of money. Are you worth it? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean... We're starting to get to this point in the NFL where all these moves, um, more and more moves are making. It's beginning to look more like an NBA NBA offseason yeah. than a regular NFL offseason. You see more trades happening. You see more uh, big free agent acquisitions. You see different teams doing different things like the Rams or what some teams do with the cap these days. Um, so, yeah, it's just going to be interesting to see where all these moves end up and where these teams end up at and – how these things pan out. And that's the Broncos are definitely one of those teams to watch out for since they went and got Russell Wilson. And um, honestly, I, I would have liked to see Russell Wilson come to the saints. And I think, he, I think honestly, they would have been a contender if Sean Payton hadn't retired. I think that was um, definitely in, in play um, as a possibility. I also don't buy into a second, the whole Brady and, uh, and Payton to Miami rumors. I think that was just like a, <laughs> I know it was just a smoke signal where like, they said it like they probably said it one day and it got leaked out to the media where it was like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, why not try this? And then they thought they were serious. So I don't think they would happen. I think like I actually watched the Sean Payton retirement press conference. I think he was serious when he said, take the year off, reevaluate. Yeah. Then you know what? Hey, if he ends up coaching somewhere else, because guess what? Every year and it happens every January, we hop on this cycle again. Not cycle. We hop on this carousel again. So coaching carousel never stops spinning. It's the one job where you're always looking over your shoulder. Because, hell, I can already name three coaches this year that I think are on the hot seat. When yeah, we named one I... earlier with the Chargers. We named another one with the Panthers and Matt Rule, which I'm sorry, but if you have to fire him after three years, David Tepper looks like an idiot because of how much money they gave him. I think it was like $9 million to come coach the Panthers. Him and his like, weird mm-hmm. Spock. And the other one is Mike McCarthy because, look, simply put, I think that'll happen regardless, and then sh- and then Jerry Jones will like. Do you remember? I don't know the name of the movie, but you know, there's that uh, infamous move, that movie where like I think it's John Cusack's holding like the boombox over his uh, girl's house to basically get her attention, like because he's in love with her. I mean, I, I I I'm familiar with a similar scene to it. I mean, it's kind of a trope. <laughs> That's gonna be Jerry Jones outside of Sean Payton's house, like next yeah. January. Like, come, come coach my football team. Come coach my football team. I love you, Sean. I love you. Here's the Brinks truck with $20 million, and uh, you get to use my yacht for, like, one weekend out of the year. <laughs> one weekend. Um, but, yeah, that's definitely going to be something interesting to watch is Sean yeah. Payton um, and his uh, head coach search. If it happens, I mean, he could end up liking um, doing the commentating gig and stick with that. Who knows? I mean, Did he get one or um, – want to say he's with fox honestly i have to oh. double check back it's me thinking that's what happened um but that's gonna be interesting to watch because i mean it could be i don't think he has one actually honestly um confirmed or not but because some of these teams are going to be lining up for it. And I honestly think uh, there might be a little bit more smoke than what you think into the Miami rumors. I do think it would end up being the Dallas Cowboys is the biggest one to watch. But, I mean, there's rumors that um, Tom Brady wanted to come to the Saints before Drew Brees decided to come back. So I think that could be um, a little bit of smoke to it, honestly. Um, if it is in Miami, I don't know. It could be anywhere, anywhere, honestly. It, um just because Miami came up in it, it, that could be the team, but who knows? Because um, there was the Tom Brady to Miami um, meeting out in the boat, wherever, however that went. Um, those rumors that had happened at some point, but uh, 
But yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch out for. And I'm hoping the Saints get a first round draft pick out of it since they traded their first round pick. <laughs> you know, they're probably going to ask for heavy compensation just because of how much the man meant to the franchise and everything mm-hmm. like that. There's just more or less that's the big thing with it. Um, but you know what? You're you're right when you said this. This right now is just this is a fun time of year to be a football fan because it's the what ifs, it's the fun conversations, it's how's my team gonna look. I want to come out here like I know I say like rough shots of records for teams like how I said Pittsburgh could go from like six to nine wins. Mm-hmm. I fully can't commit to those though because it's before the draft. Yeah. After the draft, I think is when you can start having those conversations. It's how does the team truly look. Um, did the teams get the draft right? Because look, there's a lot of these, a lot of the years we think a team gets the draft right and they suck. It happened in 2020 yeah. with the Jets and the Giants. I remember both teams. I said they just had stellar drafts. Both teams were picking in the top ten again. In uh, actually, top ten. No, they were picking within the top. Uh, the Giants had the 11th pick in the draft. So it was just one of those situations where it was just like, because you had this, doesn't mean it's just going to be continued. It's just going to be a thing where. Look, you have to draft right, but at the same time, too, you have to hope those pieces can come in and make an instant impact within your organization. And that's that's all football fans can do right now. It's just every – I'm going to say this. About 25 teams should have hope right now, and I think there's seven teams where it's just like, okay, just wait wait a couple – wait another year or two before hope, hope comes knocking at your door. Yeah, I mean, um, it's definitely going to be a, a interesting draft. Um, and like you said, I would, I would, I'd want to wait to put – a re- a, your stamp of your prediction of your record on a team until after the draft and after honestly more into like June, July, because every year there's some kind of injury that happens and it's just going to shake up some stuff. Um, but I mean, honestly, I'm kind of tired of the what ifs and all this because I, I feel like the saints and I'm but sure you kind of being a football fan. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's the fun part of being a football fan. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. But I, I've heard so many conjectures on what the Saints are going to be doing this offseason. And I went through the whole Deshaun Watson saga. And I know over with your Patriots, you, you've had a much quieter offseason. And even the Saints have had a pretty quiet offseason aside from the Deshaun Watson rumor. Um, but, I mean, yeah, um, I, I'm kind of ready to see how it all pans out. I'm, I want to see – because I honestly don't know what the plan is with these two draft picks that we – Start had to go out and acquire. I want to see what it is. Be that trade up for a quarterback, which I hope it's not, um, or just stay stay put. Take take who falls, best player available. Um, honestly, if I had to put my stamp on it right now, this second, um, it's definitely probably going to be offensive tackle. I'm just going to say Trevor Penning. Like I said, I circled him in at 16, and let's just say if. One of these quarterbacks, either Kenny Pickett or Desmond Ritter, is available at 19. That's me assuming Malik Willis got picked early because he seems like the guy's going to get picked earlier on. It's going to be one of those two. And if both those quarterbacks are gone for whatever reason, it's going to be a wide receiver, and I'd put it on Jameson Williams or Chris Olave. That, that's that's kind of my stamp on it. Those are all fair picks. I think M- Willis or Pickett are going to be taken by Carolina. They shouldn't do it, but they're going to do it. Yeah. Um, but besides that, like I, both quarterbacks, if Ritter's not there at 19, I'm going to question a GM for that mm-hmm. because he's not worth it. I think Ritter could easily be a day two guy, but I think some teams are just get so eager for the quarterback market. Like I know I talk about this draft often, but do you remember the 2011 draft where you had like Cam Newton, Vaughn Miller, JJ Watt? Yeah. Do you know who the quarterbacks taken in that draft were? Aside from Cam Newton, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look at it. Jake Locker, Christian Ponder, oh, Blaine yeah. Gabbert. Rough times. And, I mean, it it could pan out that way. But, I mean, look at the draft last year. People were like, oh, my God, this is the quarterback class. I know it's only one year in, just one year in. But, I mean, the best quarterback last year was a guy that anyone didn't think was going to be the best quarterback last year, and that was Mac Jones. And, I mean, granted, he was drafted into a better position. And I'm not saying – that Mac Jones just went out and lit it up. I mean, he 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 was a serviceable guy. He played well. He did his job, did what he was supposed to do, and carried the team to what they were supposed to be doing. And I mean, he he did his job. And I mean, he ended up looking better than both than the generational guy in Trevor Lawrence. Granted, a cluster, a cluster of a situation. Such a bad situation over there in that in that last season with the head coach situation, and everything, and then you had Justin Fields. It 
didn't turn out quite well for him either. I mean, who knows? We might end up seeing the next Patrick Mahomes in this draft for all we know. And even back then, we didn't know Patrick Mahomes is going to be Patrick Mahomes. So you just never know how they're going to pan out. Um, we can do so many projections and we can have all these conjectures on how these quarterbacks are going to play, how they're going to fit in in the system. At the end of the day, you just got to wait and see how it pans out. And, I mean, the Saints really do not have a uh, um, a commitment to a quarterback right now. The Jameis Winston deal's pretty short. Andy Dalton is just a backup guy. That's what he is at this point in his career. So quarterback's definitely up for grabs. And some teams could be looking at quarterback, and some teams might be waiting for next season. Like I said, the Falcons are probably that. And like you said, the Panthers are probably going to be drafting a guy. My money would probably be on Malik Willis right now. Um, but yeah, Justin Fields, I, uh, Justin Fields and Zach Wilson, I'm still waiting to make a decision Zach on just Wilson. because I want to see how they develop in their second year because the bears, I still feel like are committed to, you know what, there's going to be another year of rebuilding where we're not exactly the top dogs. Yeah. No, not that they were, or they were expected to be, but you know what I mean? There's not a year where they're looking at, Hey, let's get to the playoffs and all stuff. I think the, the bears are truly going to embrace the rebuild and then maybe 23 or 24 is that year they start to make leaps and then zach wilson the bears are just not the bears the jets are just in a weird position right now i know daniel will come on here and talk about it i still think jets fans want them to be that in the hunt team but i still feel like they're a year away from being there i still think they're that team that they can be competitive but they're gonna win like think maybe six maybe seven games i think they'll they'll give some more teams runs for their money considering they won four last year and they beat the titans and the Bengals. so i think if there's a couple of games where you know what either you lose grace graciously where you don't get your ass kicked or you know zach can steal a couple games here or there that's i think that's the true progress that the jets are going to be showing in 2022 but we'll wait and see all these could just be smoke and mirrors come draft once the draft happens I definitely agree, and I, I turn a question to you. Who, um, how, how do you feel about the Patriots draft situation right now? What are you feeling? With the Patriots, it's an interesting situation for me. The The main situation with them is just I, I don't have any expectations for 2022. Um, for everyone freaking out and saying, oh, we lost this. Yes, we did, but we don't have $100 million in cap room to spend every year. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like, it's just, it's one of those, it's one of the, um, what's the other words I'm looking for here off the top of my tongue? Um, it's just one of those things where they, they're they playing with house money still. They have a lot of their contracts where they pushed it back. But with that being said, I still think the draft, they have to have a good draft. They have to get someone who's going to pan out. They have to hit on a couple of these picks. Um and then I think it's 2023 is where we truly go in and start making our mark as, look, we're back. I'm not saying we're back in the sense, look, we're going to be winning another five Super Bowls <laughs> or six Super Bowls. Because, look, what happened for the 20, 2000 to 2020? That's never going to happen again in the history of this league. It may, but consistency like that, like the Steelers of 1-6, they went thirty almost 30 years between numbers four and five. It's hard. It's almost impossible to do. It's just the consistency of it is incredibly hard. That's why the Patriots dynasty is such an outlier. For the Pats this year, if they can be a competitive football team that gives me a reason to watch them on Sundays and makes me happy to watch them on Sundays, that's all I can ask for. That's literally all I can ask for. Any particular position, I'd probably think cornerback would probably be something I would be looking to draft. Wide receiver, cornerback, linebacker and tackle are my top four because with tackles this year, Isaiah Wynn is on his fifth year option. I don't know what's going to happen with him next year. Trent Brown's on a one-year deal. He is a little, he's a little, his injury history is not exactly there. Hmm. Um, Corner just because I don't think we're going to be running out Malcolm Butler and Jalen Mills as our day one guys. I think we have to address there. And then linebacker, we need someone who's going to pick up middle linebacker, but at the same time too, I wouldn't even be shocked if they went nose tackle at some point in this draft just to, you know, really sure up that middle of the line. You have Christian Barmore and say if they went out and got Jordan Davis in the first round, which yeah. I don't think he'll be there at 21 if he's a miracle. If he does get there to 21, Bill Belichick, or if he starts to fall close to 21, I would not be shocked to see Belichick move up and get him. 
All that being said, too, I wouldn't be shocked either if there's a team that, you know, gets I'm gonna use a weird I'm gonna use a weird word, quarterback horny and go for a quarterback at 21 and where they say, hey, we'll give you early day two picks of so the Patriots have then three picks that go from 30 to 60. And those are still guys that could come in and make a difference on day one. So yeah, I'm kind of an open book when it comes to the Patriots this year. I'm not going to have expectations of, yeah, whether expectations to win last year, a little bit, but at the same time too, I was brought back to reality when two and four hit when I'm like, okay, you know what? Rookie quarterback, we'll see what happens. I know we got our ass kicked in the playoffs, but still the fact that we finished 10 and seven and went to the playoffs with a rookie QB, I think speaks more than, what's actually being said about this team. And I know we lost, like I said, we got our asses kicked by Buffalo, but the 2021 season was a successful season for the Patriots. Now with 2022, I still have us going 10 and seven again. That's my record at the current moment, but that can change. Also big thing with scheduling with the records too. I truly want to wait for the schedule to come out to Mm -hmm. see how you can predict records just because Look, teams get hot, teams get cold, but at the same time, too, you look at the matchups and you look at travel and all that other stuff because that plays a huge factor into it. So we'll see. But ultimately, I say the three teams can be in the playoffs in the AFC East because I don't know what Miami's going to be, but as long as Belichick's coaching there, the Patriots are going to be a competitive organization. And that's that's literally all I can ask for. I think that's all that any NFL fan in the league can ask for is that, look, your team, you, your team makes you happy on Sundays. You get up and you're excited to watch them. You're not like... Oh, I have to watch. It's a chore. You don't want it to be a chore. You want it to be fun. And that's what I still get as a Pats fan, even in that 2020 season. That also, too, because we had nothing else going on in this world. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with all you said there. And, I mean, honestly, the way you uh saying the, the Patriots could maybe trade down for a guy that maybe wants a quarterback. Jordan Davis is a guy. I can see the Saints taking, honestly, if, he's, if he falls down in that area because, I mean, he's going to be a great talent and they could use another – interior defensive lineman but uh the, jordan davis seems like a guy that w- that bill belichick would love to have honestly too but uh if there's no one there that bill just absolutely loves i could definitely see a trade down just to fill some of those holes that you would address because i mean you can get wide receivers on day two for sure and like you said you can get other players on day two too that could probably come in and do stuff um tackle might be the hard one to kind of fill out um i know you listed two players earlier that you kind of liked and maybe those could be options for you guys but um i definitely agree with what you pretty much put out there it's 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 also too just our teams i think are in the same position right now where it's that purgatory though where you know you're not bad enough to be a top 10 team to pick but you're Mm -hmm. good enough to where maybe you can make in the playoffs and make some noise so that's where you don't want to be, but at the same time, too, I think both of our teams, there's that, like, little glimmers of hope to where you can – okay, the Cavs actually came back. Um, the the Cavs lost, by the way, but the they only lost by seven. They were getting killed at one point. So mm. Brooklyn moves on, and I believe we'll face uh, Boston. Um, but you, you know what I mean? It's that, like, middle ground of the NFL where I think if you're there and you're competitive, it's what your fan base can ask for. It's just that disappointing reality of we're not that elite. You're not – you're good. You're not great. You know, it's like the B-plus player gimmick all over again with the Patriots. That's what they are. It's like you're not bad. You're not great. You're you're okay. That's that's where it is. Like, that part of it sucks, but at the same time, too, they have a lot of money to spend next year once again. So I feel like the cap's going up. The cap's going to continue to go up because the TV the TV deals do kick in next year. I know we get we're going to get Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit on Thursday night starting this year, but the true new TV contracts kick in next season. Once mm-hmm. those TV deals kick in, plus the league revenue being back full, because I think this is going to be a, a normal NFL season, no interruptions from COVID or any of that. Excuse me. Um, it's 2023, really, where I look at the Patriots to make that move to compete with Buffalo for the division once again. I think this year Buffalo they're going to win the division. But there's more pressure on them than there is on us, and I kind of don't – I don't mind it. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Um, sorry about that. I had the door open. But, um, yeah, I, I could definitely see all that, all those things. I mean, um, and I kind of lost uh train of thought um, now. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be an interesting draft. I can't wait for it, and I'm sorry if I kind of just went off the rails there for a it's second. It's all good. <laughs> um, What's the other thing I was gonna say? But no, I think I, I honestly think that's it. I I don't think I have a lot more to talk about. There's 
Yeah. There's going to be a lot of interesting episodes coming up, folks. Uh, Bill's talk will be coming back very, very soon. That's a spoiler for maybe next week. Because more than the team, it's the stadium talk. I'm going to have someone from the representing the Buffalo Bills. You've probably heard of him before. Um, there's a couple other things I'm in the works of. The annual YWC football talk draft special will be airing the week of the NFL draft where we're going to mock players. We're going to look at all the players and see where the best fits are. Mm-hmm. Guests for that are being lined up. So if your name is called, those that list is going to be revealed next week. And as always, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, down below, or if you're listening, link is in the bio. Download BetStamp, code Griffby, connect your sports books, happy betting, safe betting, bet responsibly. But anyway, guys, that's going to wrap it up here for another episode of YWC Football Talk. Have a good night, everyone. And this NFL season just keeps off season, just keeps chugging along. I said season, though, because the NFL has three seasons. There's the preseason, there's the regular season, and there's the offseason. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.